This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, we're talking Halo. This is Derek C. Apollo with John Crane and Jared Timms for our Sunday edition of Talking Halos. Today, our goal is to look at the starting pitching options outside that first tiers, the first two tiers of free agents, and also our young buck, our new correspondent, Brock Davis, will be here in a little bit to discuss the Houston Astros scandal and, and maybe other stuff as well. Just, we'll see what we feel like. But first things first, John, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm awesome. <laughs> well, it was what, it's been a fun an- weekend. It was, was your anniversary, weekend. right? Yeah, 22 many, years. 22 years. So 22 years that your wife has tolerated you. Yeah, and signed up for another year. <laughs> she signed up for another year. <laughs> or shall I say I signed up for another year? I don't know. <laughs> however, however perspective is. I saw this clip on, I, I want to say it was on Twitter yesterday of a, of a wedding where a, a woman had her husband-to-be chained up on a cart and she was dragging him down to the altar. And for some reason I was, I thought of you because it was your anniversary, although it was likely the other way around, but yeah, I, I think she made more uh, uh, concessions than I did. <laughs> more. She well, made a lot more to the table concessions. than I did. Let's put it that way. Okay. You brought table. All right. Well, you know, Jared, how you doing, bud? I'm not doing too bad today. We got the Tom Brady and the Patriots playing at one, so uh, there's that. You're such a oh my gosh, the Patriots! <laughs> I still I can't believe we still haven't gotten you over the Rams. Unbelievable. I, I, I like the Rams, you know. I just I like I like I I don't like the Patriots as a whole. I like Brady. Brady. I mean, how can you not like Brady? I mean, even though yes, okay, he's done everything, but like he's 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 amazing. He's he's Tom Brady. Come on. We're going to have to ask Brock later who his team is. I swear, if nobody on this I believe the term is GOAT. GOAT is, I I believe, the proper term when you're referring to Tom Brady. (laughs) Exactly. I don't don't know that he's the GOAT, but he's he's up there. He's definitely up there. And that'll be for a different show and a different podcast. So, guys, 
first things first, interesting weekend. We know that Mike Trout is the MVP. Again, the free agency market is still just getting started. Only a couple changes. For example, last show we briefly brought up that Jacob Odorizzi had accepted his qualifying offer. I didn't even know that, so good on that was Brock, right, who, who pointed that out. And basically, the, the market now is whatever and whoever is out there you can try and go get. We've talked about the first two tiers of free agents. Today, we get into the guys who have some more flaws or older or unproven, had some injuries. And those are all kind of nervous things when it comes to angels and pitching. Like Always nervous. And that's a big part of our show today. I guess right away, I want to ask you guys, I'll start with John, since John, you, you, were, you were gone last time out. How many pitchers do you really think the Angels need this time around? I mean, I would like three because, uh, I mean, two, 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 absolutely, you cannot get, not not get two, but three would be nice, especially if we're going to be going with uh, uh, the, extra, the extra rotation with Otani. So two, two mandatory three, yeah, I probably really need three. Jared? For me, I mean, there's just a couple questions you have to ask. Are you going with the... Are you going with the five-man rotation? Are you going to go with the six-man rotation? Or, I guess, the five, the box and one type of thing where you get Otani going every sixth day or seventh day or whatever. Is that, If that's going to be the game plan, then uh, I'm not too sure. But, again, there's another part to this question as well. Who who you really have out there right now that's 100% available? Um, Andrew Heaney? That's the yes, probably. Otani's coming off injury. Um, we don't know about Griffin Canning. I haven't heard anything about him this offseason. Um, you know, Patrick Sandoval was on an innings limit last year. I'm assuming he won't be this year, but, uh, I mean, he's a four or five type of option. So, I mean, there's just there's a, there's a lot of questions that go into that. And, I mean, I'd say you probably need three for sure. You know, to to round out your uh, your staff, so because um, there are so there's a lot of question marks right now surrounding this this pitching staff. So, and the big concern is durability too. Even Griffin Canning, who really seemed to start finding himself at the end of the year, he gets hurt while on an innings limit, while on a usual pitch limit, and most of the Angels' pitching staff was kept on a pitch limit throughout the year, and yet injuries were everywhere. That's going to be a big talking point for us, I think, throughout the winter as we start to see the minor league pitching system come together. There's already been one hiring over the weekend and who they bring in because if I am Billy Epler and I've seen what's happened the last couple of years of free agent pitching, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, standoffish, a little bit more bearish on going out there and getting starting pitching that has a history of, of injury problems. Yet, some of those same people in history problems like Rich Hill. Rich Hill is 40 years old, who's gotten better overall with age, injury prone, but could be a guy on a one-year deal that may just do fine for you. So I don't even know what to think with all that. I guess it's more for us to discuss as we get to Rich Hill and other guys later on here in the episode. Folks, before we move on, we do want to say that we are still a new podcast. We're less than a year old. We're actually only seven months old. And we've, we've been privileged to have a nice following develop. We really do need help, though, getting those iTunes 
reviews in. So if you would have some time, head over to Apple Music, leave a review, five stars, please. We, if we earned it, if you did, don't, you know, don't lie, okay? But and if you don't want to give us that five star review because you don't think we've earned it yet, but yet you don't want to give us a lower one, that's great. Okay, fine. Send us an email, talkinghalesgmail.com. Give us your feedback. Be appreciated always, always, no matter if it's good feedback or bad. And also, if you're a new listener and join the show, please do us a favor and share it with the fellow Angels fans on social media or just people in the family. We really appreciate that as well. And as time goes on, we're going to go ahead and get more people uh, involved in terms of contests and so on and so forth, When hopefully, when next year comes around. All right, so I'm going to go to Jared first. This one's been kind of bothering me. It's, it's sitting out there. I don't know if they're going to do it. Then this is Michael Pineda. He begins our Tier 3 of pitchers who are available in uh, this free agency period, he was uh, he pitched pretty well last year, and then he got himself a suspension, a pretty nasty suspension. What are your thoughts in terms of what he's worth, what he may wind up actually signing for somebody? Where do you go with him? I mean, you, you said it right. He had, a, he had a good year last year, but you scroll down on the peripherals a little bit more, and you know his, his fastball velocity has gone down each of the last three years. Um, he he's getting less swings and misses than than um, what he had been in the past. I mean, there's a there's a lot not to like, but then again, you look at him and he is a we have him in the tier three here for for a reason, obviously. Um, and it, it's I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. The Angels will look in on basically every starting pitcher this year, and I can almost guarantee you they've had conversations about you know Michael Pineda already. So it's I mean it's just it's just one of those things, and and it's not just Pineda. I'm sure they've talked about everybody on this list and everybody on the free agent mar- starting pitching free agent market because that's going to be what they need. So um, I mean just just in in my opinion, I I may stay away from a guy like Michael Pineda, Pineda even though he almost had a three win. Um, season last year but uh, but I mean other than that he p- only pitched uh, 146 innings he had 26 starts last year uh, strikeouts went down a little bit as well so um, and he's a guy that has never thrown more than 175 innings in a in a season in his career so just uh, you know it's just kind of one of those things and we'll, we'll we'll see what happens on this but I'm I don't I'm I'm leaning away from Pineda type of thing also the second suspension of his, of his career first suspension for Pine Tar against Boston in 2014. This one for performance enhancing drugs in September of last year. And uh, that kind of, uh, it's not September, earlier, I think. It has to be earlier because it's 60 games. Is it? Or is the suspension going into this season? Remind me. I think it's, it's going, going into this, this season. season. Yeah, yeah. It's going so, into this season. I mean, if that's, yeah, that's something you have to keep in mind as well, is this season, you're, if you sign him, he's coming with you with a suspension to start the year. So he's not even in your rotation to start the year. John, you have a pretty distinct feel. You know, one thing I really admire about you, John, is that um, is well, one, it's not your good looks, but it's your, it's the way you take a stands on things. You have a set system of beliefs, and I think in this t- this point, this Pineda's a great question for you. How do you feel about signing a guy like Pineda, who has some potential, age thirty still, has had some good years in his career, but got got busted last year? What are your thoughts? After last season, this guy's just red flags all over for me because I just I, I, I don't want to sign somebody who's not ready to start the season. I mean, we already had uh, that's the story of our life. Otani Upton. I mean, I want somebody who's going to be there in spring training. Um, and this is not and, and doesn't have a, a, an extensive injury history like this guy. 
this this guy is a is should already have been drafted an angel the way he he's described not not ready at the beginning of the season and has injuries so i i have no i have no interest in this guy but um you know that's just me well there is another guy in his same tier that i am interested in and that's cole hamels on a short deal a guy who's had some issues in the past in terms of his injuries but he he's a gamer he's played in some huge huge games He'll be 36 next year when he comes in. He is a guy who's coming off a pretty big contract that I don't think at age 36 you can expect to get much of one. I'm going to stick with you, John. How would you feel about signing a guy like Cole Hamels, who's 30, going to be 36 next year, but will give you some innings? Solid ERA last year, 381, the year before, 378. Always been a gamer. What do you think? I guess the only pivotal question is how long are you signing him for? Um, I'd feel much more comfortable with, with him, an established starter who doesn't, uh, let's see, does he have a bleak injury? I mean, he's, I mean, I guess he's had a little bit of injury, but I mean, the guy saw, uh, the guy saw it. I, I would feel, I think fans would feel much better about him. I go back to what I said in the previous one, though. This guy can't be, to me, he can't be our headliner. He can't be our ace, the guy that we signed to be our ace, and then everybody else is a step below him. So, I mean, as a second or third uh, player, I, yeah, I, I would be fine. I would be be uh, content with uh, Cole Hamels. I think it's safe to establish now, though, that at this point, the guys we're looking at, we're not looking at number one. We're looking at guys who are going to be a three and a desperate two in the rotation at this, at this point. That's why we call it third tier. For- but yeah, but what I- – what I'm saying is I'm just saying that, you know, our, our, we struck out last year so badly that if we end up in, you know, because I've heard I've heard that, you know, that um, Garrett Cole could potentially not sign till January. That, so they're in no hurry. So at that point, do we lose people and then we end up signing, you know, and if he was our top, the best guy we sign, I, I understand it's a tier three. I guess that's my point is I hope our tier three isn't our top isn't our top signing. Better not be, I guess. I mean, that's a good point. Jared, your thoughts on Hamels? Uh, I mean, uh, I like uh, I like Hamels a little bit more than uh, Pineda because the fact that he, you know, he has been an established starter in the past. Preseason, I mean, this this pre-postseason or pre-offseason predictions, I have him at two for 30, $15 million um, a year, which is, I think, fair for, for him and what he's done. I think he could probably get a little bit less than that, but, you know, he's put up, two plus one seasons in each of the last two years he's hasn't been really hurt at all he's you know started he started 27 games last year started 32 the year before uh the fastball velocity's dropped a little bit but then again he is 36 37 uh so i mean it, it, it it's all there it's something that i mean like you guys are saying it's not somebody that you want as a as your ace but he's going to be he's a nice veteran piece and this this is a very young um starting group and i think this this team could really benefit from it um the only question i might have is you know hey another lefty you know what 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 but you know it's it's one of those things where i'm okay with that you know i I don't mind having a whole bunch of lefties or a whole bunch of righties um pitching for you so well he'll be 36 on opening day and i think one thing that's good about him is that he's played in hitters ballparks for almost his entire career up until chicago philadelphia that park has been a history hitters ballpark the same for texas i like the idea of a veteran kind of leadership in that clubhouse as a pitcher who's been there and done that wore the t-shirt he's no longer an ace 
I think the Angels should at least kick the tires a little bit and see if he's available. Maybe they can get him at a decent price. I'm not sure he will be available at the what price you're talking about. So before we get on to the rest of those Tier 3 starters, we do want to bring on Brock Davis, our, man, our MLB correspondent, our young buck, a 22-year-old diehard who is here to give us all the lowdown. How you doing, Brock? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. How, you, how was the weekend for you? I guess I'd ask you, are you a Rams fan? <laughs> uh, actually, I, I watch football here and there, uh, but I don't have a team. But my girlfriend's family is a big Chargers fan, so if I were to lean, I would say Chargers. No, that's not acceptable. You're being drafted. You're being drafted over. Here. That's a good second choice. That's you a good are, second choice. You are your own man. You can choose the Rams. You because they're going to be gone anyways in a couple of years. Watch, they're not going to be in charge of land for long. They're going to be off in London or St. Louis or Abu Dhabi or something. They're not going to be in L.A. for very long. Come on now. I'm not going to lie though. I started watching football a little more towards the end of the season last year. I did really enjoy watching Gurley. Well, we like to see more of him this year if they'll actually get in the football. But that's a different, again, different podcast. Can you tell us, Brock, about this situation with the Astros? Um, for people who are uninformed, for people who don't really know what's been going on, we asked you to do the research for it and for your segment today. And what can you tell us? What the heck happened? Man, where do I start? So I believe it initially began when there ex-pitcher uh, Mike Fires, who's now uh, pitching for the A's, he came out and uh, came out and said that they were using sign stealing with cameras back in the World Series of 2017. Uh, that's kind of where it began and more just conspired from that. I mean, it's gotten worse and worse and worse and the memes have gotten insane and it's just been, it's really unfortunate to be honest with you. Uh, but the initial report was just a bang on the trash cans uh, from a cameraman that they had potentially hired that had a, his own camera in center field that was live streaming to a uh, monitor within the dugout. And then they were then using that live stream from the catcher's signs to then hit a trash can uh, to let their hitter uh, at the plate know what pitch was coming. Uh, so that's where it initially began, um, and I believe it was just yesterday that they came out with another article saying that uh, an executive had been sending emails to their scouts uh, asking for them to record in opposing teams' dugouts to then be stealing signs from within the dugouts as well and not just a live stream to the catcher signs. Uh, so there's a, there's, there's another accusation and there's been whistling too. And I, I don't know if you guys have been seeing Jared's tweets, but I'm, I'm totally on board with him that I don't think the, the whistling thing hold much, holds much ground, uh, especially in the playoffs, considering 50,000 screaming people. I, I just don't believe that from that far away from the dugout, from the, the plate that you're going to be even be able to hear that. I think we could be able to hear it on the cameras, but I don't think we'd hear it on, uh, at the plate. Um, but it's really unfortunate. There's been many multiple at bats throughout the playoffs and even the regular season with Gaddis and Beltran and Bregman and Diaz and pretty much everybody on the Astros team, um, has been witnessed with either the trash cans, the whistling. Um, so, I mean, the evidence is pretty prevailing that, uh, it's looking like it's not going to be too hot for the Astros. Jared, you he just mentioned you on things you'd say. Can you clarify for the audience who maybe don't watch you on Twitter, what's what's your stance on this? Uh, I'm I, I so when it first came out, I you know uh, like everybody, you know it's like wow, that's that's crazy. Um, then people have decided to come out and say 
I mean, in a lot of playoff games, you know, they, you know, you see Kershaw pitching, and you see, you know, those type of guys, and you see them, you know, people whistling during during at bats, and I just, I just don't, I don't see that being the case. And personally, this is just my own belief. I've, you know, been playing for a while, and it, as focused as you have to be at the plate, because baseball is not an easy sport at all. It is, uh, of course, the probably the most difficult thing to to do on on the earth is hit a baseball coming at you at ninety plus miles an hour, and or you know, hitting a curveball or a slider or something like that. So, in, in I just don't think it's possible to hear something like that. I mean, even even the banging is going to be a difficult thing to hear. That's that's I think a little bit I, maybe easier to hear than a uh, than a whistle because there are so many whistles going on in the crowd as well. Like you go to you know any at bat that they've had and you hear whistles from Astros fans or anything like that you go to a baseball game and you hear whistles it's it's just one of those things so i i just i don't think that you're able to hear a whistle um from that distance especially in a playoff game especially with 40 plus thousand screaming fans happening i think there's there's they are definitely stealing signs i just don't think that it's in a way that a player can hear a sign from the from the dugout um even the banging is going to be tough to do during a playoff game with 40 plus thousand screaming fans you know it's just it's it's not something that you're going to really be able to hear so i think over time we're going to hear some more reports come out and i think we've already heard a couple reports come out of um bullpen catchers changing their hands leaning up against fences i think that i think this is going to go a lot more into into depth here in the next you know, couple weeks and into how they've been sealing signs, or if there's lights, some lights flashing and such like that. And then also going back to to the whistling and the banging of the trash cans, I would have to believe eventually that somebody would have picked it up. You know, I mean, if a hitter can hear it as they're batting, a catcher's gonna ha- gonna be able to hear it. A first baseman's gonna be able to hear it. A pitcher's possibly gonna be able to hear it. I think they're pretty similar in, in a way i mean i i pitched in college and i there was times where i didn't even hear my coach yelling at me from the dugout and there's 25 people 30 people in the stands you know just in a quiet place you know it's just it's one of those things where you get in the zone and you just don't hear anything <laughs> so it, it'll be um it'll be interesting to see what comes about and i think more and more stuff will come about and i think more and more players or coaches or you know there's going to be some more details coming out about how they stole signs. I don't think it's just going to be the drum banging, though. I think that during the regular season, that is a huge possibility. I think that that's definitely more of a possibility than postseason. I just don't think in the postseason you're going to be able to hear a whistle or a drum bang from the dugout whatsoever. So you think this is just the surface of the scandal? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely do. I think that, I mean, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Trevor Plouffe, and I forgot. Uh, I think it started off with like a Danny Farquhar. No, Danny Farquhar was the original. It was it was definitely Trevor Plouffe and I, somebody else that were talking about it. And they were they were saying how the a coach in the bullpen was wearing a headset or something on a mini headphone, and they were getting the signs as well and changing how they were standing out in the bullpen so that you know the pitch the hitter can see what 
they were doing in a, you know, like arm raise was a fastball. If you put your arms down, it's something off speed or something along the lines of that. I mean, I think that is 100% more plausible than any type of banging or whistling that could happen. But I mean, hey, anything anything could happen in, in, in a case like this. But I just, I don't think the whistling and the banging is possible during a postseason game. I think they had to have done something completely different for postseason if they were still doing it, which, I mean, if they were doing it during the regular season, it was working and nobody caught on to it. Why wouldn't you do it during the postseason, you know? I'm going to go to John in a second, but first, Brock, what other piece of information did you find about this? And did you happen to find anything else about other previous scandals or uh, or anything like that have to do with you know, the postseason or anything possibly interfering with the, the game of play? Uh, I wasn't able to really dig up uh, <clears throat> much than what's already been released. It seems like they're trying to, at least on MLB standpoint, they're not really releasing any of it. If you go on like MLB's app, there there's literally pretty much no talk of it. So you have to go to uh, other writers and just see what they're writing about it. Uh, I have seen that there was a, a, a graph of their statistics, their batting averages and swing and miss percentage and stuff like that uh, from home to away. Um, which I don't necessarily understand. I, I mean, I kind of do just because I guess at home they're able to have everything set up the way they, they wanted it with the cameras and, uh, you know, like Jared was saying, with the coaches doing what they do in the outfield in comparison to uh, how they had it set up in Houston. Uh, but it was a significant difference in their in their batting averages um, and their hitting statistics at home in comparison to away. Um, and that was for the 2017 regular season, uh, 2018 regular season, and also this year. Uh, which, you know, isn't too, um, you know, it's not too, not that strong of a signal just because, you know, a lot of teams are better at home, but it was, it was pretty drastic. It was pretty drastic. And, uh, but other than that, I haven't seen, I haven't seen much other than what we haven't heard to talk about. John, what were your thoughts overall on this game? I know you were very interested in the World Series this year. I think at some point you were cheering for the Astros. You know, I don't know why, but how... Given what we've seen now with this team and how they became a champion and how they got back to World Series this year, uh, there are other dynamics, including you know, including the use of analytics. But now the other side of it being what looks like a pretty serious cheating scandal. Where do you side with this? Where do you? How do you digest this? In the pantheon of uh, cheating in sports, this to me is is silly. I mean, I, I you know, I'm older than all of you. I believe I know I'm older if you're calling him a uh, young buck. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, that, you know, they used to put stuff on the ball. Gaylord Perry notoriously had stuff hidden all over it. I mean, they used to. I mean, that's cheating. This is just stuff that's available. Um, te- technology, social media, everything. And, and again, this really to me is just these are scandals that are created through social media. You want to know what's really troubling to me is that a pitcher can throw a strike and everybody in the country watching the game and everybody in the it knows that he, they, they threw a strike and yet it gets called a ball or vice versa. That to me, the Houston Astros is, are a, a good team. Uh, they don't need this, just like Tom Brady didn't need to de- to to you know squeeze a little air or whatever, set the air. It's just it's it's just a way to discredit an extremely talented team who I am not a fan of, by the way, by any way in any way, shape, or form as far as the players. But it's just it's just a way to discredit the team. For I mean, you know, 
they're not the only ones doing it if they're doing it. And it doesn't take much effort to do it. I could do it. I could be sitting at home watching and, and sending a text or, you know, camera, cameraing in. It's not really hard to do. If they don't want to, if they want to do something about it, then they, I, I just, like I said, as far as cheating in sports, this is, this is small potatoes in my opinion. But stealing signs is legal if you're doing it from a certain section of the outfield. If you, you, it's setting up cameras the way they did. It's not legal. So, I mean, you're saying it's kind of small fry, but you obviously had to go out of your way. And if it was so rampant, then why is it being talked about now? And so why is it only them being talked about now instead of other teams across the league? Maybe it will come out that way, but it doesn't seem like it's something that's across the board. Most teams are either doing or can do it or will do it. So you're saying if you're saying if you got a center fielder with 2020 vision who can see the signs, that's cool. But I mean, if you if you use technology, I mean everything, every sport, basketball. I mean, how often do we see people uh, soccer too? They just fall, they feign these falls, and and they get they get fouls called on. They are straight up blatantly lying. They are cheating, and then and everybody that's watching the game knows they just cheated and got away with it. Um, and I think those have a lot more effect. Good course, I, I couldn't hit the side of a barn with, uh, with, with I don't know, what do you say, a watermelon. And uh, so, I mean, I just, I mean, so I, I got no business talking about how easy, how, how much easier it would be if I knew what pitch was coming down the pipe. But um, I just, I, I see these, this Astros are a talented team. Uh, Jose Altuve is not, was not an MVP because, because he knew what was coming down the plate. In my opinion, my opinion. For me, uh, for, for me, let, let me jump in here real quick. For, for me, when you look at the when you look at the splits um, between home and away, I mean, the Astros built their team to be a home team. I mean, you, you're gonna you're pulling the ball as a righty, you're pulling the ball as a lefty, you're hitting it in the air. I mean, we saw it during the postseason. You 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 can almost bump the ball over the fence there. So for me, the home and road splits are are, are in a way irrelevant. Um, I I. I, I you have to look a lot more in depth at at what really transpired. I mean, it's more of like the swinging. I, I saw something about swinging miss percentage for them went down three percent. Um, and also, I mean, you look at the team between 2016 and 2017. Their their team was so much better in 2017 that that it's 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 really tough to put stats onto this. You know, I mean, they they were so much better of a team in 2017 than they were in 2016. Um, it's just. It, it, it's amazing, and I mean, it, you want to get onto the the cheating side of it. I mean, it's just using technology in the wrong way. Um, I, I mean, I've talked about this with multiple people, and, and the Astros are so so advanced in what they do. This this is this was so advanced in what they were doing. I mean, it was it was so easy, like you're saying. Yes, I mean, anybody can do it. You can put a guy in center. You can put a fan in center field. With uh, with binoculars and a in an eye in a uh, Apple Watch in his hand, talking to somebody on a headset and tell you what exactly it is. I mean, it's just it's it's one of those things, and that's why you see a lot of teams. And I, I think I even saw it with the Angels go out and change signs. Um, you know, go with the outside taps. Go with um, you know try to try to d- divert it. You know, in in multiple ways, and you can definitely. I mean, you see it in college. You see it in. Yeah, I would assume you see it in the pros as well. If you can pick somebody as a as a first base coach or a third base coach or um, as a as somebody on the bench, if you can see something, the pitcher is tipping his pitches or the catcher is setting up, uh, 
you know, he's coming up on his tippy toes on on off speed pitches. I mean, this is this personally, this is what I did. I didn't play much in college. This is this is what I did. I sat on the bench and I found a way to help my team, and that was the way I helped my team. I I I went out and I I watched the pitcher for every single every single pitch for an inning. I was like, okay, what is he doing different on his on his fastball? This is that's this isn't cheating at all. This is completely different. This is finding tipping pitches. But if you're if you're a runner at second base and you can see what the catcher is putting down and you find you know, 99, 100% of the time at a higher level, you're going to different signs. You're going to taps on the outside. You're going to be touching your knees. You're going to be touching your helmet, all that, all that stuff. And, but if you can, at second base, if you can pick a, pick a sign and, you know, figure it out. I mean, if you're going to look back to center field or if you're going to look, uh, you know, be kind of non, if you're going to raise your hands a little, if you're going to shrug and it's going to be a fastball, that's 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 something that you know. Tip of the cap to your team for being able to do that, and you know, shame on the other team for having such easy signs to pick. You know, but uh, but the way that the Astros are doing this is just not. It's not the not the right way to use technology, and in a technology driven sport, um, with the way technology is used, it's just you can't. It's not something that you, you're able to do, and the Astros are so advanced in in what, everything they do. There's a reason why they're hiring people from NASA. This is um, they 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 are so advanced in everything. This is just it's not a not an acceptable thing to do with the use of technology. I um, mean, then onto the pine tar thing. I think you should be able to use pine tar. You're throwing a ball. At, you're throwing a ball at 95 plus miles an hour. You go, you want to know where it's going. You know if it's going to increase your grip a little bit. It doesn't doesn't affect the way the ball moves or anything like that. It's not like a spitball where you're able to get a little bit more movement on it. I mean, pine tar, you're just enhancing your grip, so you're able to throw throw more strikes. I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with that. Instead of Roldis Chapman throwing 105 at your face, let's get him down the middle. You know. All right, real quick, just want to put this over to John. John, I just want to point out that the difference in what you're saying between outfield and what you're talking about, though, is one's within the rules, one's not. It doesn't matter how they're doing it from the outfield in terms of whatever's within the rules. If it's in the rules, fine. If it's not in the rules, it's breaking the rules. That's why they're different. That's, that's the only thing I want to say to it. Brock, um, the, I know you have to get going here, but I just want to ask you two questions here. Where do you stand on the scandal itself personally? And also, where do you see the Astros going this offseason in terms of players and their direction with free agency? Uh, personally on the scandal, I'm, I'm a hundred percent against it. And I, you know, I, I played baseball for a long time and, you know, what John's referring to, you know, with the outfield thing, it, outfielders are, are going to be kind of irrelevant in this scenario because they're not going to be on the offensive team in the, in the batter's box. So, you know, the only people who on the offensive team is going to supposed to be legally taking the signs is if you have a runner on second. Um, and, and I guess, Technically, it could be first and third as well, but most of the time, these catchers know what they're doing, and you're not going to be able to see signs from anywhere else other than second base. Um, so that pretty much only leaves the one scenario that the only time that you're going to be able to legally steal signs is if you uh, get tipped pitches like like Jared was talking about, and that takes that takes talent and time and skill and a lot of time in the game to be able to recognize those things. Um, or if you have a runner on second base and then he is then tipping signs to you uh, in the in the batter's box. Uh, so you know I understand where the Astros are coming from, where they're trying to take technology to another level, uh, but this is just a, a blatant. Uh, disrespect of the rules and I, I definitely think it does provide an unfair advantage to the rest of the teams that are not doing it uh, we have no way of knowing who is and who is not they just might be the only team that got caught um, but either way we do know that they are doing it um, and they already have 
an incredible amount of talent there already, and then you add in this this other, you know, not really quantifiable statistic into the game with them, and it just takes them to a whole other level. And that might have been uh, proof to see why they're absolutely dominating the MLB for the last three seasons. So I'm definitely against it. Um, I wish that it hadn't happened. I wish that you know it didn't happen to them. Um, I, I respect a lot of the players in their organization, and I think they have a lot of respectable people on their team. Uh, so it, it sucks that it's going to hurt their, their reputation. And, and uh, I feel like there's going to be talks of, oh, well, they're only this good because they stole signs and all that. And I don't necessarily agree with that. There's obviously an insane amount of talent there. Um, but we'll see how they perform this next year without, uh, without any sign stealing, hopefully. And we'll see what their, what their stats look like this next year. All right, Brock, can you let folks know where they can find you on social media anywhere else? Uh, nope, just the same Twitter from last time, uh, BDROX8. That's just my personal Twitter. Uh, there's a baseball blog in the bio if you want to go check that out. That's about it. All right, awesome. And make sure you do check it out. I mean, you guys start writing again. Will do. All right. Brock, have a great one. All right, thanks, guys. All right, John, I, I kind of threw that at you real quick before I wanted to move over because I want to give Brock some time. Do you have a response for me on that one? Um, I'm trying to because uh, Brock brought up something too. Um, I guess my I guess my whole point again. I just look at all the cheating in sports, and I am just I mean, you know, the NBA is just repulsive. Just what what they go on and, and soccer to a lesser extent. I don't really watch a lot of international soccer, but the way they fall down and and um, but my point is is they've only won one World Series. They did lose last year, right? So. It's not foolproof, and I don't know. I mean, if the technology's there, come up with a way to uh, – just to say that it's against the rules is silly because players pretend like they caught balls that they didn't. Players – I mean, they, they, they lie in every sport and say, oh, I didn't – I caught that ball. I caught that ball. Then you look at a replay, and it shows, oh, he didn't catch the ball. He hit it. So, I mean – it's not it's not a mortal sin lying, um, but it is it's it is an advantage to lie in sports. So I mean, you know, I mean, stop it. Do I think that? Yeah, I mean, but what are you going to do? Are, you, are we saying that they didn't they didn't win the World Series against? That it should be retracted. I mean, I'm not sure what what you're going to do to them at this point. Well, John, all I'm saying is that if it's against the rules, it's against the rules. It doesn't mean that anybody doing anything. It's just okay. Well, because it's it's minor. He dropped the ball. You know, on purpose. He, he, all this kind of stuff. A rule a rule broken is a rule broken. But what's really perturbed to me, it's not just the heave a moment where a player made a, had to make a quick decision to try and, and save a play and save it out. This is something that went throughout the organizations. We're finding out the executives were involved, and they were playing this out. So it, well, the the actual process of it becomes to me bigger than just the final action, which was stealing signs. It's the fact that you this was infesting the entire organization into the executive part of it, getting into scouts. That's that's to me the part that's really disturbing. It's not the act. You you could talk about well, they were still a good team without that happening. Sure, of course, they were a very good team. But now everything they've done is in question. And it also, it really puts an, an asterisk by this organization, which, by the way, just a couple of years ago looked sympathetic when it, it got found, when it was found out that the Cardinals had uh, had cheated and, and actually hacked into the Astro systems. You guys remember that? No, I don't. I do. Well, the, 
let, let me just let me just respond because I, I think I am not making myself clear as usual because I think we've had a similar conversation. I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished. Whatever, take away draft picks, whatever they need to do. I don't even like finding because it really doesn't finding doesn't really matter. Um, but they sh- there should be some sort of substantial penalty for this. I just don't like how this stuff discredits a win, and and you know with. Our, our boy Tom Brady, the way oh his well, the ball is underflated. He they cheated. They didn't win it. I mean, and and Houston, Houston is a good team. So I just hate that it how it discredits their their accomplishments and that that's on their own. They did it to themselves. So that's but let's not let's separate the two. Punish them by all means. Punish them. Take away draft picks. God knows they got a good farm system that they, they can survive it, but. Just, I just don't like the idea that people are going to use this, you know, Dodger fan, you know, oh, we would have won, we would have won. That does not happen. And again, they lost. They lost, and they lost every game at home, did they not? Am I crazy? Yeah, they did. They lost every home game in the, play, in, in the World Series. This year, but not in 2017. Okay. So we, you're saying, are we saying they weren't cheating this year? I'm not, I'm know. saying that I don't know, but we, yeah, we no. do have enough evidence to know they were cheating in 2017. And we okay. don't know. We don't know if or even how it affected that team's World Series run. That's why I'm saying there's an asterisk there. Because if you're busted cheating, you win a World Series or win a championship over it, we don't really have a measurable way to show how it was affected, like how effective was their system. Mm-hmm. That's hard to measure. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what a, a good punishment would be, but I would have to think the punishment would be stiff. And MLB's in a bad position. Jared, I want you to, to think of a counter to this if you can, because maybe I'm wrong. But if you can do this and even get caught later but keep your championship, doesn't it set a precedent for other teams to be like, yeah, well, there's, they'll forgive to a degree. We won't, we won't lose our title if we get caught cheating. Doesn't it set a precedent, potentially on what it is? And that's a question I don't know, but to me it would seem like it is setting a precedent. Jared? Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just one of those things for me. I, I just... They weren't doing the right thing, and, and if you, I, I kind of want to go back to what John's saying about you know the, the or you guys were talking about with the punishments. I, I don't. This has never happened before. I don't know what the punishment's going to be. You know, like do you do you take away the World Series? Do you put like 2017 no World Series winner? I mean, it's 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 so interesting to 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 fig, try to figure this out. And I, that's I personally think this this story is absolutely fascinating. I don't I I, I don't know. Like and this hasn't happened in. Like major sports, I mean, if you want to go back to uh, Belichick and you know videotaping practices and you know that that whole you know thing, that's probably the closest thing I think that we have to something like that. And I, it's this whole thing is just going to be absolutely fascinating to me. But back onto the punishments, I just I don't know how do you even punish it. I mean, you the fines. I agree with you on that, John. You can't find like what do you find like five million dollars? That's nothing. That, that's chump change for these owners. It's like, oh, whatever, you know, it's a slap on the wrist. You know, you, you really got to hit them hard if you're going to do it. I mean, you got to have, you have to go, uh, you know, draft picks and, um, you know, take away the World Series. Or I, I think that might be a little too far because you still want it. But, um, you know, it's international signing bon- signings. You can't do that. And draft picks and um, free agent signings. And I mean, there's, there's going to be, it's going to be kind of crazy to see that. Um, in a in its own right mind but you know it's just like i said it's a fascinating thing and then you know this story the way that writing this type of writing goes is 
This story has been told to somebody, I'm going to guess, six months prior. So whoever broke this story has known about this story for a while, whether it was, was it, I don't know if it was Jeff Passan or something like that. They ha- they've, they've known about this for a while, and they've kept it in the dark. It's just kind of how, how things roll. I mean, those type of, those, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure people already know other teams that have been involved in this. I and they just we can't we can't hear about it yet. You know, it's 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 just kind of one of those things when it comes to you know writing and you know breaking stories and everything. I I don't we people know stuff that you know hasn't been brought out to the to the public yet. So that's and 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 that's another reason why I think it's going to be fascinating because I think there's going to be other teams involved in this too. I don't think it's just the Astros. You know, I, I just don't. I don't think so. I think that there's going to be other teams that. I mean, you know, this 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 whole scandal is just so easy to do. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if other teams were doing this. Um, so it, it'll be it'll be super interesting to see how it how it works down the road here. I don't know that you can really rephrase it. You're saying you suspect other teams, but the reality is the only team we've heard mentioned, the only mention of any team has been the Astros. It's not even, no one's even saying other teams. It's just heard, Astros, 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 huh? I've, I've heard other teams. I, I haven't yet. Not that. Some, it was Rosenthal some reported, team. right, for the Athletic? I think so. I think that there, there was some type of other team. So I I, they hasn't been confirmed or anything like that, but there has been suspicion of you know other teams doing it. And like I said, that totally wouldn't surprise me with how easy something like this is to do. You know, you set up a camera, you get a little, you get some head, little uh, miniature headphones in your ears that nobody can really see, and, you know, you call it a, you got yourself a, you know, this scandal going on. I mean, it's just, it's so easy. It's just if the moral, if the, you know, the the team's morals are right to do this, you know, are, are, are you really going to do this? So it's, uh, like I said, it's fascinating to see, and I'm, I can almost guarantee there's going to be other teams coming out with this, and, there's going to be so much more coming out about this. I mean, day by day, I feel like we get more and more news about it. Yeah, but you're saying suspected. You're saying suspicious. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and come, let's come home with this. We we are we've heard numerous people say they suspect that there were major drug issues within the Angels organization because of what happened with Skaggs. But it's now been months, and this, the, the same names involved are still involved, and nothing new. Doesn't I mean there won't be. But usually, when there's stuff, when there's Smoke, there's fire, and usually when there's fire, things leak. And we haven't had that. So I'm not ready to go out there and say, hey, there are other teams involved just because they're suspicious. I want to say, as of right now, the only team we know of is the Astros. And there's no other team being named or even being told out loud, hey, like, quote, quote, this is not true. And just using an example, like the Indians are suspicious or the Mets are suspicious or whatever. They're not saying that. They're just saying... Astros. You know, this is a league that's been, I mean, I guess been around longer than I, I believe all the rest. I mean, the the home, the all-time home run leader in Major League Baseball is Barry Bonds. First, he's not in the Hall of Fame because everybody thinks that knows that he was using, you know, he was using steroids. Yet he is still the all-time leading home run leader in baseball. So one of the most notorious cheaters in baseball is still on the top of the record books. I just, I just think baseball is, uh, it's just, it's whack. It's, it's wacky. I mean, this stuff happens. This is the part of history of baseball. I'm glad Barry Bonds isn't in the hall of fame. And that's not because he doesn't deserve it. Just like 
uh, you know, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I know that's not Major League Baseball's decision. That's a panel of writers, but uh, but and he should, and they suspended. I mean, th- their punishments are strange. They, I just look at like I said, this is a history of baseball. I just don't, I don't see the results that that achieved that gave them some advantage. And again, I think it's just like the Angel story. I think it's just something that's staining staining innocent people around. Um, for the actions of of a few, but we don't know for sure. And that's and, no, we and don't. No, once, that's what I'm saying. We're staining them, though. Once more news comes out, this is this is um, it's become I think more prevalent now in today's political age, especially that if you're hearing something on the news, if you're hearing something reported on Twitter news anywhere, anywhere that's to mass media outlet, the the rule really should be at least 24 hours wait before you make any kind of judgment call. And so just jumping on there and say this, this, and this, because news a lot of times these days is not being reported with full accuracy. You can dig and find lots of holes in there. And it's just best to wait and make conclusions as time goes on and you start getting a fuller picture that's being painted. And I think with both the Angels and, yes, even the Astros, we have to do that because otherwise – you make snap judgments, and when you make snap judgments, especially, especially publicly, it becomes a problem for you later on. It a problem for a lot of people. All right, folks, we are in need of sponsors. So if you like what we do and you think there's a good partnership there, please email us at talkinghalesgmail.com. You can also give us a voicemail. Send us a voicemail at 657-665-453. Help us keep the lights on. I'll get right back to you uh, when I get that message or when I see, when I see the email and pop in. Okay, so back to the free agents. And a couple of these guys are guys I have questions on. And the first one being Alex Wood, former Reds pitcher. He had a decent year going last year. Like, no, never, no. He, he had a horrible year going last year before he finally went out. I was thinking 2018. 2018, the Dodgers, 9-7-3-6-8 ERA. Last year, the Reds goes 1-3-5-8 ERA. His market value according to spot track is nineteen point three million a year. I think whoever came at that market value is high on crack cocaine. So you know him better than I do, Jared. Change my mind here. Or agree, I don't know. Where do you stand on Alex Wood? He was hurt last year, uh, in all honesty, and that's just gonna kinda be the way that he has been in his career. He's got the weird he's got a weird uh, you know, the weird wind up and all that stuff, super arm heavy. Um, which is going to cause injuries, and we saw it last year. He only pitched 35 innings to a negative two, negative 0.2 WAR. So he was kind of just a non-factor in the in the Reds um, rotation. But y- you want a guy who you know, I mean, is a in a sense a Billy Epler type of guy. Um, you want to try to you know get him at a low cost and think that he's going to produce for you. This is going to be the way to go. You know, he's he, like I said, he was hurt most of last year, so you're going to get a a little bit of a uh, a little bit of you know a deal on him. Um, I don't know where the 19 million a year came from, but I definitely think it could be somewhat close to that. You know, 10 to 12, up to maybe probably not 15 million, but maybe in that area, 10 to 15 ish million um, dollars a year, and it, it definitely wouldn't surprise me, especially with you know what Matt Harvey got last year, a one for 11. So. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's definitely somebody that I think you can you wanna you wanna take a risk on. This is going to probably be that guy. He uh, he has you know 
the years before he pitched he went uh, four straight years of 150 plus innings which is a which is a good sign before uh last year so i mean you want a guy that's going to eat innings for you and uh you think that might produce for you on the mound as well and possibly an okay number three starter alex wood might be the that way to go but he missed 113 days in 2016 too don't forget so 2017 injury had minor injury had 2016 play only 15 games seven games last year i mean no offense but it sounds like you're kind of underselling the injuries a little bit here He's been injured in three out of the last four years. No, oh, definitely. That, that's definitely a, that's definitely a risk you're going to have to take. And I think that as we uh, as you look at any pitcher on the market, um, injuries are going to be a factor no no matter what. Um, in any way, I mean, Steven Strasburg, you know, has been injured in the past. Uh, Garrett Cole hasn't, you know, been injured, but he's a uh, you know. One of those guys who you definitely want to throw some red flags at if you look talking about possibly future injuries. And I mean, Alex Wood again, he's been injured before, and it's just kind of the way it rolls. And I think that if you're going to take a risk on somebody at you know a one year, ten million dollar, maybe in like the Matt Harvey range deal again, I I believe this is possibly a good way to go. You know, John, he's a former Dodger. Uh, how you feel about that? What do you think about giving this guy a shot at age twenty? He'll be twenty nine. Extremely cheap, but this guy sounds exactly like you know more short term plan like like last year. He, this guy is falls under the Matt Harvey mold, and with all his injuries, I just I mean, if we can possibly avoid not signing people with bad, would he miss the first half of the season with bat with a back injury? Oh well, we yeah, back injuries they clear up. We all know that. Um, so no, I I really don't want anything to do with this guy. Um, and again, if it's a short-term deal, I thought that's what we were done doing. We're, I mean, I understand we're not going to sign everybody, but I mean, a couple of them. We might, maybe we'll sign one pitcher on a short one-year deal. But that's what we did last year. We signed a bunch of one-year deals so that we could go big this year. And to me, Alex Wood is not going is not going big um, unless, yeah, a really inexpensive short-term deal to eat innings and and. It, According to his history, it doesn't look like he does a good job of that even. That's what concerned me about him. And then there's another guy by the name of Rick Porcello who's got a ton of years in the league. And then you look at his numbers and you think, well, I think he's been a little overrated. 30 years old, 10 years of Major League Baseball experience, 14-12 last year with a 5-5-2 ERA. You can think a year is off. That's fine, but then you go back through the last how many years? Go go all the way back into his career. Four four point two eight in twenty eighteen, four point six five in twenty seventeen. Had a great year in twenty sixteen, three point one five. Porcello was four nine two his first year in Boston, three four three in, in twenty fourteen at the Tigers, four three two, four five nine, four seven five, and three nine six. Sorry, four nine two and three nine six his first year in the league. And that means in Porcello's case for his 10 years, one, two, three years under four ERA. I've heard a lot of folks buzzing about someone going on Porcello, but it looks to me like he's been overrated throughout his career. Jared, where do you stand with him? Uh, you know, I, I like Porcello. I mean, you want to, you want to talk about, and he has, he, the wins help his, help what he's done you know he's has almost 150 his 149 major league wins and 
career. He's searching for you know pretty good teams and pretty good spots. He had 22 wins in his side. I think he won the Cy Young that year. But you want a guy that's going to be healthy and doesn't you know he's going to give you innings, and that's what the Angels need. You know, like they they, they could have used Rick Borsetto last year. Even at a you know he had a four seven six. Um, FIP last year, which I'm going to say this right now, the 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 average FIP is about a four two, so he was you know above average on the FIP. But uh, you you look back at what he's done the year before, uh, he was a four one FIP, a four six FIP, a three point four FIP, a four point one three FIP. So he's basically, I mean, he's been your average you know average three to four starter in his career. So I mean, yes, if you want to overrate him for his wins and you want to look at the ERA and everything like that and say, you know, he's he's been a little bit overrated. You can go ahead and say that, but I, I believe that he is going to be a, you know, a decent number 3 starter and I have him making about 15 to 20 million dollars a year next year just because he can give you those innings and he has been healthy and he's proven that he can he can do what he what he, you know, what he gets paid to do, which is pitch. He'll be out there every fifth day for you and that's again what the what the Angels need. So, you know, a solid number three starter. I mean, if you go, you know, you find a way to get uh, Madison Bumgarner or Zach Wheeler or Steven Strasburg or even Garrett Cole, you back him up with a guy like Rick Porcello, that's, uh, that, that rotation is starting to look pretty uh, pretty good, especially if those guys can give you close to 200 innings. So we'll see how it works. John, your thoughts? Yeah, I really like that, that, that. What he's he's made it says he's made at least twenty seven starts in each of his eleven seasons. This guy would have been solid for us last year. How nice would it have been to have a durable pitcher? Uh, I mean, this is this is what we were looking for last year. I'm not saying he's an ace, but I'm saying I want a guy who's going to go out there every fourth or fifth day and be healthy and pitch and and decent and a de- and a decent pitcher. So, I mean, I don't know how much money, the money thing's beyond me. I don't know how we fit all these people in. But if he's the second or third guy we sign, I wouldn't be too unhappy with that because I, uh, that's what we desperately needed last year was somebody who could just go out every fourth day and, and pitch innings and, you know, and keep us in the game. And this, he seems to fit the bill. He's only 31. So, Jared, what, do you, what kind of contract do you see him getting right now? Uh, before the season, I said four for 60. Uh, he's 31 years old, so, I mean, you could probably drop it down a little bit from that. I, I think that four for 60 might be a little bit on the high side, but I can definitely I could definitely see a team giving him that amount of money for being a solid number three starter, you know what I mean? $15 million a year to pitch you, you know, upwards of 200 average innings. That 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 pays the bills on any major league team. You know, any all thirty teams should be looking at a guy like Rick Porcello to give him innings. So it's and and at a you know half of what I mean. Okay, yes, Garrett Cole is a lot better than what Rick Porcello is, but I mean, basically spending probably a little bit a little bit more than half of what you know Garrett Cole is going to get or you're going to give Garrett Cole. So I I think it's a I think it's an interesting piece, but you like. Like we said about any of these guys, it's not somebody that you can just go out and get and hope that you know Rick Porcello is going to be your guy next year. He's not. He's he's going to be a nice role player. He's going to be a nice nice piece to have. But you got to go. You got to go build around him. Hold on, here. I just want to put a couple things out here just to play devil's advocate. You're still talking about somebody who has a four three six career ERA, over two thousand innings pitched. Yes, but you're talking about an average two hundred inning guy. Guy, that's not true. He's only gone over 200 innings three times in his career. And if we're going to talk about 
Garrett Cole potentially being a what's the word I'm looking for? A time bomb with an injury. Well, you got to say the same thing about Portello. He's a time bomb as well. Sooner or later, your arms didn't get hurt. So, what about Portello keeps him healthy and worries you less about paying this guy for four years? I, I mean, the velocity plays plays a pretty big factor for me. I mean, one guy's throwing ninety eight plus miles an hour at full, you know, at, at max effort for. 100 pitches, 100 plus pitches a game, including the postseason. So you want to add in the postseason with that. And Rick Porcello, I mean, Porcello was with the Red Sox and he's been with the Tigers. So he's played in the postseason. Um, his fast, his average fastball velocity is only sitting down at about 90 and he throws his fastball about 50% of the time and he throws his other pitches about 10% of the time each. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, at, at 10 mile an hour difference, yes, you're going to be getting a lot more swings and misses and such like that. But, it puts more red flags on Garrett Cole because of how hard he throws and how what max effort he throws at, regardless of his the way his mechanics and all that stuff. I know his mechanics are beautiful. I've gone over them multiple times, but it, you know, throwing a hundred miles an hour at this day and age, as much as Garrett Cole or as much as anybody does throw, is gonna throw up more red flags than throwing ninety mile an hour, you know, pitches and you know having a a. 409 so he's been he has a career 409 FIP so he's been a slightly below actually slightly above average uh, you know pitcher according to that and his expected FIP is 403 so he's been uh, in a a sense slightly unlucky in his career too when it comes to that so you know it's 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 one of those things but I like I said I'm not I'm not pushing don't I'm not saying go get Rick Porcello over Garrett Cole please like don't don't no, I'm not that saying, I'm saying that. that. I'm just yeah, I, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, it, it's it's just one of those things. Garrett Cole's injury history, and I said it about Chris Sale too. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where you throw hard like that, and you throw it, you know, weird arm angles, and you throw. For me, it's the velocity. You know, it's 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 going to catch up to everybody eventually, and everybody has arm injuries if you throw that hard. It's it's just it happens. Even at 90 miles an hour, freak things happens. I I can't think of. Who, I think it was Kyle Davies on the Brewers. I think he had Tommy John last year, and he's a lefty that throws 100, or not 100, wow, about 86 to 88 miles an hour. So, I mean, it, it happens to everybody. You know, it's just it's a freak thing that happens. But the guys that throw harder are more, uh, in, more prone to that type of injury or shoulder injuries and such like that. So I just, it's more, if you're talking red flags, Garrett Cole pops up more red flags injury-wise to me than what Rick Porcello would. All right, and there's one more guy on the list. I know it's getting ready for us to go here. Rich Hill, a person who's been around the league, basically flamed out at one point and then made his way back in to Major League Baseball, seems to have aged well, like a fine wine, so to speak. Last year, in 13 starts for the Dodgers, 4-1, 2-4-6 ERA, before had some injuries, and that's really been his problem throughout his career's injuries. Is he worth taking a flyer on just to kick the tires at this point, especially since he's a guy, John, who uh, was a Dodger. I know how much you love those Dodgers. By the way, 2017, he goes 12-8, 2018, 11-5, and and then last year, 4-1, and 3-3-2, 3-6-6, and 2-4-6 ERAs, respectively, in those three years. John? I believe Dodger fans refer to him as the Bishop. 
is this is am i correct but um nah i mean this guy this guy is like somebody that we could have signed for one year last year to fill it's bottom line when he does pitch he's still got something but he doesn't pitch that much what he is they missed two-thirds of the season last year last year so i i don't need anybody who's no, I, I want. I, we need. I think that the term, the, what I read on, is quality over quantity can be can can be compete, uh, compelling in a one year deal. I'm more concerned about quantity than than qual. I mean, that's not true, but quantity is important. I think for the Angels this year, especially after last year's fiasco with uh, the bullpen just getting worked and worked and worked and worked. I'm looking for some innings, inning starters, and he doesn't really fit the bill. So, for for me, um, you look at him and you, you forgot to introduce him as former great or former Angel great Rich Hill. Um, by the way, he I think I believe he made one or two starts for the Angels in his career, um, but you know in uh, with. In 2016, he pitched 110 innings with the A's and the Dodgers. 2017, he pitched 135 and two-thirds innings with the Dodgers. 2018, he pitched 132 innings. Uh, last year, he pitched 58 innings. So the uh, the injury bug has has hit Rich Hill, and he's you know again he's 39, going to be 40 by I believe the start of the season um, on a one-year deal worth you know less than seven five million dollars. Absolutely, bring him in, see what he. See what he can do. There's still something there. You know, he still strikes guys out. Um, he had the 2.45 ERA last year in the 59 innings, but he also had a 4.1 FIP. Means he gave up some, probably gave up some hard hit balls and some, you know, some had some luck out there. Had a lot of guys on base, but got out of it. So uh, there's definitely something there um, on a on a one year deal for sure. You know, and if he stays healthy, which Again, he has he made twenty five starts and seventeen twenty five starts and eighteen and thirteen starts last year. So it's not somebody that you can truly rely on. And again, if you're looking for somebody that's going to give you innings pitch, I don't know if Rich Hill is going to kind of be the way to go. That seventy two to eighteen K to walk ratio in those fifty eight innings, uh, forty eight hits and fifty eight and two thirds innings pitched. Those are nice to look at, but you're but what you're saying is this is FIP is showing that when he was hit though he was hit pretty hard. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I I believe that's kind of how FIP works in a way. Um, it's just it's more of like a it's more of a luck thing. It doesn't really incorporate ERA, where ERA is just straight. You know, how many runs you gave up. Um, FIP will include. Uh, you know, it won't include errors. You know, hard hit balls, all that, all that fun stuff. Guys on base. Your the the type of situation you came into. You know, so I mean, if a pitcher comes in with the bases loaded and uh, you know, one out and he gives up a sack fly and he gets an out, it doesn't hurt as bad as, you know, what your your ERA, you know, truly would be. So, I mean, or it, it adds on, you know, I mean, inherited runners, all that stuff. It, it, it For me, it includes FIP, and I like looking at FIP a little bit more than ERA. I think ERA is just very mainstream. It's more of a straight line where you can go in all different types of angles with FIP or ERA plus and all, all that fun. So I think that's a different story, a different, uh, different time. We can get all into that stuff. All right. Well, my view is if you can get rich Hill on a very, 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 very club friendly deal, then why not? Why not see if he can give you something at least in limited service, but we only have so many bullets in the chamber. He's 40 years old. 
And if he's somebody they sign, he's basically an add-on to what you've already signed. And so, I mean, he would be like a guy that you kind of got like a bonus. He's like, you got some at the store, and it's Christmas. And because it's Christmas, you got like a bonus package to go with it. He's not somebody you're going to buy on your, on your own. So that's kind of how I look at him. And at this point, now we have the rest of the class. We'll look at them probably next weekend. We'll see how things are going. In the meantime, folks, it is time for us to go. I do want to let you know that, again, we are a part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. We do um, and are proudly part of what they do over there. Also, I want to ask you to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halo. You can search for our page also on Facebook. Talking Halo's group is there as well. And before I say goodnight, I want to give the guys a chance to say their final thoughts. Speaking with you, John, what are your final thoughts? I just, you know, as a, as a guy who really didn't follow this stuff very much until I started doing this, you just think, you think as soon as free agency's open, everybody's going to start signing. <laughs> you find out, like I said, I was reading that, you know, it's all likelihood that Garrett Cole won't sign until January. So it's kind of a frustrating uh, uh, wait, especially. Yeah, so I'm just anxious. I'm anxious to, as my uh, uh, our co-host says, spend early, spend often. Uh, I mean, of course, spend early, spend often. Uh, but also, don't it's, agents will tell reporters anything to get their player, their their guys, their representation a little bit more money. So when Scott Boris is out there, don't necessarily listen to everything he says. Um, because a lot of the times he, I don't want to say he's lying, but he's not always telling the truth on what's going on. He could add in a couple teams that are that he thinks they're looking at him to try to get his player a little bit more money. So don't listen too much to what everybody has this, has to say about um, about free agency and all that stuff. Just know that the Angels are probably going to be in on every starting pitcher and probably will be looking for other positions as well um and listen to uh, your local beat writers a little bit more than the than the big guys i think in my opinion all right for me my final thought is get going don't sit around and let other teams beat you to the punch if you are the angels front office go get your guy once you figure out who it is if it's cold it's cold go get him don't waste time don't let other teams sneak in like you like teams have done to you you go get your go get your guy get him signed and start getting this region market going so we can see, you know, where – so you can put the best team on possible in the field. Get your guy. Don't let people dictate to you where you're going. You dictate to the rest of the league if you can. And they have the ability to this year. They have the money open to them to be the trendsetters in free agency for once, and we'll see if they do it. All right. Find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find John at Jace Crane. John, you can find Jared at Jared underscore Tims. You can find the podcast on Spreaker. On Apple Music, on iHeartRadio, pretty much everywhere you can find it. So, for the entire team, including John and Jared, this is Derek C. Paulson. Take it easy. We're out of here. Time to go. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. 
No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.